Welcome to A Legacy of Preaching with Dr. Bill Burr. For one to have a legacy of faithful preaching, they must love God, love God's truth, and love to preach His truth. Dr. Bill Burr excelled in all of these areas, and he has certainly left us all a legacy of faithful preaching. Now, let's all tune in for this great message from God's Word with Dr. Bill Burr. Sometimes I just feel that it's better uh, if we just go right on into the Word of God. I've got a message that God has put on my heart for this morning, and I want to be able to give it all to you and not leave any of it out. And sometimes I think it's just better if I don't sing. Uh, you know, I, I may go for a while. I've been thinking about that. I may go for a while and not sing. You know, people, um, they get to where you take you for granted. That's right, they, and you don't appreciate it. So I, I think I'll just wait for a while and sing. I'll at least wait until tonight. Amen. I, I can put it off, I know, one service. But I, I love to sing. I enjoy good music, and it blesses my soul. But this morning, I think we'll go right into the Word of God. Find your place now in the book of Psalms and chapter number 116, please. And when you found that, I want you to hold your finger there and then turn over to uh, 2 Corinthians and chapter number 4, please. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. <clears throat> I want to talk to you this morning, preach to you for a little while on some things we believe. Now, uh, I know that I'll not be able to give it all to you, but I want to talk to you about some things that we believe. In the book of Psalms, you know, I heard Dr. Jack Howells preaching this past week. He's a blessing to me. I love to hear him preach. And he said this. He said the three things that are at the top of his prayer list and uh, his desire is love and wisdom and power. Love, wisdom, and power. And he said every day he reads his Bible. I think this would be good for all of us to follow this pattern. I couldn't think of any three things that would be better for any of us than to have love manifest in our life. Amen. To have wisdom. Wisdom is a, is a greater, much greater than knowledge. A lot of people have knowledge uh, of the Bible. A lot of people have knowledge of certain things, but we need the wisdom of God in order to apply the knowledge that we have in a right way. And so he said, I want love and I, I desire to have wisdom and then we need the power of God. Amen. He said, I read my Bible every day. And he said, in order to get love into my heart, he said, I read in the book of Psalms and this, this helps love in my heart. And then he said, in order to have wisdom, I read one chapter in the book of Proverbs every day. And then he said, for power, I read in the book of Acts every day. Those three places. It do you well to begin reading in the book of Psalms for love in your heart. In the book of Proverbs for wisdom. And in the book of Acts and the mighty acts of the Holy Ghost through those apostles for power in your life. Now would you stand with me please. And I want to read just two verses of scripture today. And I want to talk to you in a moment on some things that 
we believe. Now, I wish I had time to read all of Psalm 116. As a matter of fact, I think I will. Just read the first 10 verses of Psalm 16. I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the pains of hell get hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low, and he helped me. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with me. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. And then verse 10 is my text this morning. I believed, I believed, listen to it. I believed, therefore have I spoken, I was greatly afflicted. But I want you to underscore those words. I believed, therefore have I spoken. And then over in 2 Corinthians chapter number 4 and verse number 13, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Our Father, we praise your name today for everything that we have. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for good health today. I think back just a week or so ago when my body was uh, racked with pain and I was so uncomfortable. Thank you for these blessings that so often we take for granted. And oh, I pray for the blessing of understanding this morning on my part and on the part of thy people here today. Open our hearts and our minds and, and Lord, may we glean some things today from this message that will be uh, eternally helpful to us, dear God, that we might live for you day by day. Oh, I pray that you would bless us abundantly now. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen and uh, amen. Thank you, and you may be seated. I did not give you uh, the bulletin this morning. There's some announcements in there. Uh, you take them and you read them. Be sure and be in your place. Pray for the missions conference, all of these things, the missionary of the week. And Ms. Bird does a wonderful job with the bulletin. You have them every week. And this is not the kind of bulletin that just gives you the order of our services. This is something that you can take with you during the week and, and months and it can keep you up to date on things that are happening here at Emmanuel Baptist Church. I want to talk to you this morning on what we believe or what I believe this today. Now, I know that it's impossible for me to give you in one message all that I believe. I, I know that, but I do want to touch on just one or two things this morning. The psalmist said, I believed, therefore have I spoken. Paul said, we also believe and therefore speak. 
I want you to know that your belief affects your behavior, how you live day by day. The psalmist said, they trusted in thee and they were not confounded. I mean, listen, if you trust in God and if you're rooted and grounded in the faith and if you hide the word of God in your heart and you know something down deep inside of your soul this morning, you're not going to be tossed about by every wind of doctrine that comes along. You ought to be settled on what you believe concerning this book, what you believe concerning life, what you believe concerning how to live, what you believe and uh, concerning life after death and heaven and hell and the second coming, the bodily resurrection. You ought to know in your mind this morning what you believe. I heard about one man that was walking down the street and he saw uh, this preacher friend of his standing over uh, beside a building and uh, he was just bent double and laughing and just popping his eyes and just having himself a time. And the preacher walked over and he said, Sir, what's so funny? He said, Brother, he said, I want you to know I just met a man out here on the street a few moments ago. And I said to him, Sir, what do you believe? He said, I believe what my church believes. And I said, Well, what does your church believe? And he said, My church believes what I believe. And he popped his head on his thigh and he said, Sir, I'll just tell you, I don't believe that man knows what he believes. And I, you know, I think that's the way it is with just multitudes of people. You walk down the streets of Beckley and ask people what they believe and they'll tell you they believe what somebody else believes. Listen, I believe what I believe because of the Word of God. Amen. I don't believe it because of some preacher. I don't believe it because of some Sunday school teacher. I believe I've got rock rib conviction in my soul this morning about certain things. I, I believe that belief will help and affect your behavior. I want you to know this. I believe what you believe uh, is absolutely essential to a successful life. Amen. I Listen, I, I believe that if we ever do anything for God in this place, it'll be because of the fact that we have faith in God. You remember that man that came to Jesus that time and and ask him, uh, he had been to the disciples to have uh, demons cast out of his son. He said, I brought them to your disciples. said, they couldn't do it. And uh, Jesus went on and told him, he said, if thou canst believe, all things are what? Possible. Amen. I mean, listen, I, I have dreams for Emmanuel Baptist Church. I ride by the highway out here and I, I come down this hill and I, I, I hardly ever ride by this portion of ground over here that I don't say, dear God, I wish you, oh, I want you to give me this portion of ground over here. I'd like to see all those old uh, rattle-trap cars moved out of there and all that uh, ground plain down around this church. And I, I'd love to see it. One of the most beautiful portions of ground in Beckley is right here. And I believe that God's going to give it to me. Have faith to believe Him today. I have dreams about what God is going to do in this place. And uh, I want to tell you something else. You can't shake my faith this morning. You can't do it. I mean, you can come by and tell me anything and you're not going to shake my faith. I told you this one time. Turn the Bible to Luke, please, if you will. Luke chapter number one. And uh, I told you about one time I read in the paper where they had crossed a dog and a cat. And they had had an offspring. This was about 1971. I was pastoring the church there in Calio, Virginia. And I had taught my people well 
on evolution at that time. And I had pointed out, the Bible says, that uh, we produce after our own kind and uh, that uh, it's just not, you can't cross dogs and cats. I mean, they're, they're a different line. And I, I'd preach this, I'd taught it. And uh, one day in the paper there, the paper in Richmond, Virginia, had a big uh, uh, picture in the paper. And they had a box there. And they had some little uh, animals inside of it. And, and uh, a big headlines on the front page. And they, they said, Doe Cats. That's what they called them. I mean, front page of the Richmond uh, newspaper and said these are doe cats that a man in England had crossed a dog and a cat together and he'd come up with a strange looking animal and that he had called it a doe cat and they went on to talk about evolution and so forth and how things are changing and I looked at that and there was a picture in the paper a reputable newspaper that had covered this story I thought and had written up this newsy article, and they had it in there on Docash. I scratched my head, I looked at it, and I looked at the Word of God, and I said, it's impossible, I don't believe it. You say, well, Brother Bill, it was there in black and white. There was a preacher, there was a picture of it in the newspaper. I don't care what they have, I'm not going to believe it. Listen, if it's contrary to the Word of God, I'm not going to believe it. I don't care how many people these faith healers uh, slap on the side of I can close up both my ears and hear. I don't care what you see. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, bless your heart, let it alone. I believe this morning. I have faith. God is right. You let God be true and every man a liar. Well, it wasn't but about a day later that they had a retraction of that. It was all a hoax. It was a trick that had been played. And they put the... Uh, the apology, I think, way back on the back page of the newspaper. But I'm telling you this morning, I believe some things today. And you know why I believe these? Because they come from God. Amen? Because they come from God. Look in Luke now, chapter 1. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a de declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things, from the very first to write unto thee in order, Theophilus. Now, if, you're a, if you ever study your Bible and you get yourself a good concordance and a Bible dictionary, you can better understand sometimes through helps. And it says that uh, from the very first, that means actually from above. I mean, these things that I believe come down from above. God, by the Holy Ghost for you and for me this morning. That's why I'm not wishy-washy in what I believe. That's why I'm settled this morning. That's why I'm not tossed about by every wind of doctrine. What I believe comes from God this morning. Now, I want to give you about five things this morning. I told you, I can't give you all that I believe. But I just want to give you five things that we believe here at Emmanuel Baptist Church. Number one, I believe in a sacred book. Amen. I believe in God's book. Psalm 19 and 7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, 
converting the soul. I believe in a perfect book. Now, I can tell you this morning, I could give you, I suppose, over a hundred reasons this morning why I believe the Bible. That's right. I mean, come on out with it. The law of the Lord is perfect. And then what did it say? Converting the soul. How many listen? People here this morning that are saved, every time a soul gets saved, God can say with assurance, that, that my book, my perfect law converted that soul. Listen, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God, my friend. I believe in a perfect book this morning. I believe this morning in an eternal book. No book, listen, no book has ever suffered the satanic attacks of men down through the ages like the Bible. No book has ever had as many modernists and liberals lash out against it as the Bible has. But the Bible says, my friend, that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall, ab shall abide forever. Amen. I mean, listen, it's eternal. It is never going to pass. I mean, there's a lot of things around us going to pass away. This building that we've scratched and grubbed and clawed and men have gone down into mines and dug on their hands and knees in order to uh, make money and people have gone out and walked up and down the streets of Beckley and people have worked in these stores and people have sacrificed and people have done without and people have paid interest money on, the, on money that they got at the bank in order to help pay off the note uh, of this building, people have sacrificed for it. And the, the very earth where this building is sitting this morning, one of these days it's going to all burn up. Every bit of it is going to be consumed. You know, the only thing out of this building today that is going to last forever is the Word of God and the souls of men and women. That's right. Everything else is going to pass away. This is a perfect book, Brother Bob. It's an eternal book. It's an indestructible book. The Bible says the Scriptures cannot be broken. I remember when Jesus, I've been reading about when Jesus, Brother Frank, was crucified on the cross of Calvary. I remember reading about how they put one thief on one side and why and they put another thief on the other side. Now there was more to it than just hanging a person on the cross. The law said that a person had to be dead before they were taken down from the cross. And uh, they couldn't hang on there on the Sabbath day. And so they came by and they would break the bones of those who were on the cross. I mean, listen, they'd, they'd take, history tells us, that they would take big axes. And they'd come along, those people hanging on the cross, and they'd cut them in the thighs of sure to drain out of their body, and that they would be dead before they ever were taken down from the cross. Now notice what the Bible says about the Lord Jesus Christ in the book of Psalms. He keepeth all his bones. Not one of them is broken. I mean, listen, here comes the Roman soldier with the axe. He comes to the first man and he takes the axe and he breaks the bones in that man's leg 
severs his legs from his body. He goes over to the thief on the other side of the Lord Jesus Christ and he draws back the axe and down it comes into the thighs of that man and his bones are broken and crushed and the blood is coming out of his body and then he comes to Jesus Christ in the center and on that central cross. Listen, in the balances hang the word of God. I mean, listen, the axe is raised. If he brings it down and breaks the bones of, of Jesus Christ, then God is a liar and God's word is not pure and God's word is not perfect and God's word is not indestructible. But you know what he does? He lays the axe aside and the Bible says in John 19, 36 that the scripture should be fulfilled. Amen. I'm telling you today, my friend, this is a perfect book. This is an eternal book. This is an indestructible book. And this book, my friend, gives you the greatest peace that man has ever known. Sir Walter Scott lay dying. He said to his nephew who was standing beside his bed, he said, son, Go and bring Uncle Walter the book. He had a great library with many books in it. His nephew said, Uncle Walter, which book do you want? The man who was dying looked at him and said, Son, there's only one book, and that's the Bible. Amen. I'm telling you, listen, you want peace to take you through the storm? You want peace to help you face adversity in this life you want peace that will help you to live for God you know where you get it right out of this book amen listen to me you can't live for God without this book now you can be saved you can be saved and heaven can be your home and 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 all of this but you can't live for God you can't rear your children right and, and you'll not have the right kind of home and, and you'll not live for God unless you feed on this book right here. You'll dry up. There'll be no joy in your life. Listen, we need a message from God this morning. Amen? That's what we need here at Emmanuel Baptist. You don't need a sermon. You don't need a sermon. Listen, you can get a sermon anywhere. You can get you a book and pick up a sermon and read that. Listen, you came to church this morning to hear from God. You came to church this morning to worship God. You came to church this morning to focus your attention upon this pulpit because this is where Jesus is going to be lifted up and we want to hear a message from God today. only way you'll get it is from this book right here. I believe in a sacred book. Secondly, I believe in a sacred son. Amen. I believe in a, in a second son. Now, in the Bible, in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 47, you need not turn, just look up here. Listen. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Amen. I believe with all of my heart that Jesus is divine. I believe with all of my heart this morning that Jesus Christ was virgin born. I don't believe man had anything to do with the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I believe He's the Messiah of Israel this morning. I believe He's the Savior of the world. I believe He left heaven's glory and came here. I believe He laid aside uh, all of the uh, uh, the glory that he had with the Father. And he came here and took upon him the form of a servant. I believe he lived 33 and a half years and went to Calvary one day and shed his precious blood on Calvary. I believe the veil was rent in twain from top to bottom. Uh, I believe everything the Bible has to say about Jesus. I believe they put him in the tomb. I believe he came forth out of the grave victorious over death, hell, and the grave. I can stand like Peter did one day. And uh, when Jesus said, Whom say being that I am? And he said, Thou art the Christ. Thou art the Christ. The Son of the living God. I'm saying to you this morning, I believe in a sacred Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't believe He ever sinned. I don't believe that. I believe in the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was divine. The Bible says, which of you convinces me of sin? I mean, the Bible says he knew no sin. The Bible says he went about doing good. The Bible said he did always those things that pleased God. I mean, time and time again. Listen, a question comes up, well, sometimes said, could Jesus have sinned? No. Could Jesus have sinned? No. Could Jesus have sinned? No. A thousand times no, because he had no sinful nature about him. There was nothing inside of him to be tempted of the devil. He never had a wicked thought. He never committed a sinful act or deed while he walked on the face of this earth. My friend, he's God Almighty in the flesh. I believe in a sacred son. I can say like you did that day at Calvary. Truly, this is the son of God. Amen. Some time ago, down in a place called Salem, Kentucky, there were 15 miners that were trapped several hundred feet below the surface of the earth. They had a meeting down there. It wasn't, wasn't a planned meeting. It was an impromptu meeting. It was a meeting that they could not get out of. They were sealed up in a tomb down deep inside the earth. When they found these 15 miners, by the way, they were from 25 to 35 years of age. And they finally dug down. They were, it took them 153 hours to get to those men. When finally they unearthed the tomb and they found them dead, all of them, all 15 were dead. And it says, when you find us, if we are dead, we are all saved. Boy, I want to tell you something. They said that folk knew, folk knew that only two, maybe three of those 15 men were Christians, even claimed to know God. My friend, when they were in that tomb for I don't know how many hours, it took 153 hours for the men to get to them, and the oxygen was getting lower and lower, and men knew that they were going out into eternity to face God Almighty. Those two or three men 
convince those other 12 or 13 men inside of that grave to con uh, confess that Jesus Christ is divine, that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. And therefore, they wrote on the wall and they said, We are all saved. I talked to somebody yesterday. They said to me, Preacher, I was talking to someone today and they, they said, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about the Lord. I don't want to hear anything about the Bible. I don't want to hear anything about church. I just don't want to hear it. I want to turn a deaf ear to it. All you can do for people like that is pray for them. Amen? That's all you can do. You can pray for them, live before them. You can love them. But my friend, unless God gets a hold of them, they're not going to change. But I've seen it. Listen, you get folk like that in an intensive care unit where they're hooked up to monitors and that little thing is beep, 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 blinking. You get them in a cardiac care unit somewhere and sweat drops uh, break out on their forehead and, and, and they, they become an ashy color and, and they know that life is slipping away from them. You get them in a position like that. You get them in a meeting like those men had down inside the ground and covered up and no way out. And I'll tell you what many times they'll do. They'll confess that Jesus is divine. I thought about, listen, when I was getting this message together and I, I read that illustration somewhere uh, this past week and I, I said, I, I want to work that in. I want to get that in to the message. I, I want people to hear about that. Listen, can you imagine? Can you imagine 15 men being sealed up inside of a mine? Can you imagine not being able to get out? Can you imagine being closed off and separated? Listen, my friend, things are going to be worse than that. If those men had not confessed Jesus Christ as their Savior, if they had not been born again and changed by the power of God, they'd have been cut off for eternity. Think about that. Separated forever. Lost. Cut off from God. The Bible says in John 3 and 3, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I've had people tell me before, preacher, I can't understand it. I read the Bible, and I just can't understand it. You can read the Bible. It speaks to your heart. You can know and understand it. Now, there may be portions that you'll have difficulty with, but I'm telling you, on the whole, when you get saved and read the Bible, the Holy Ghost of God will open up your mind, and you'll be able to comprehend and understand the Word of God. The reason folk don't understand is simply that they're not saved. I mean, listen, the Bible says that the natural man comprehended not the things of God. You know why? Because they're spiritually discerned. They're spiritually understood. Now, you don't have to understand the new birth. I don't understand it. But I accept it by faith. Amen. I mean, listen, I, I don't understand electricity. I'm not going to sit in the dark. That's right. I, I'm not going to sit around in a dark room. I don't understand how these fluorescent bulbs light, uh, light bulbs work. But I'm not going to sit in the dark. i got more sense than that. I don't understand. Listen, I don't understand how brown cows can give white milk, and, uh, eat green grass and give white milk, and then the milk be churned and turned into yellow butter. Uh, but I'm going to eat the butter. Amen. I mean, listen, I'm not going to deny it just because I don't believe it. I understand it this morning. I'm saying to you, 
people need to trust Jesus as a Savior. You know what the new birth proves? I'll tell you one thing it proves. It proves that you were born wrong the first time. You ever heard that before? That's a new one. You ought to write that down, Miss Burr. Put that in your Bible, huh? I mean, the new birth proves that you was born wrong the first time. You was born out of kelter. You was born with a sinful nature. You were born, listen, the Bible says they go forth speaking lies. We all have the nature to displease God and to go against the things of God. And we, we all have a, a tendency to want to satisfy the sensual desires of our flesh. We need a second birth. We need to be born again by the Spirit of God. Men are depraved, friend. They need Jesus. And then fourthly, I believe in a second death. I believe in a second death. Now, the Bible says in Revelation 20 and verse 14, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Eternal darkness around them where they'll cry and beg and plead for mercy and there is no mercy. When they'll plead for grace and there is no grace. I mean, Jesus Christ is your Savior today. If you'll come to Him, He'll save your soul. But one day He's going to be your judge, my friend, and you'll be taken by the angels. And if you know not Christ, and cast, cast, cast bodily into a lake of fire. That's terrible. Do you know that you'll, you'll rub elbows with people this week? You'll go to work tomorrow. And you'll meet people that aren't concerned about their soul. Don't gamble with yours, my friend. You do something about it right now.